This is Tim from Travel by Turtles, and you're listening to the Bar Radio Show. There's a branch lying still by the ocean. Time goes fast, grab your lover and hold him. It's the same, all the years come rushing back. Yeah, I don't remember that. Welcome to the Barn Radio Show. Just me, Chad, here in the studio today. I'm joined by a special guest online right now. We have Tim from Trampled by Turtles. Tim, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Chad? I'm doing real good. Are you guys out on the road? I know you're coming to town real soon. Are you out on the road right now? Yeah, we're out on the road. We have our uh, day off in Tulsa today and play here tomorrow. Yeah, and you guys are at Cane's tomorrow. Yep. Pretty legendary club down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's one of the only places where the Sex Pistols punched a hole in the wall in America, <laughs> so pretty cool. Does the history of the place, I'm sure you guys take that in, and I, and I know you've kind of crisscrossed the nation plenty of times by now, but you know, does the history, do you ever still pinch yourself on some of the places that you're able to get to play? Oh, absolutely. Um, like the Troubadour out in Los Angeles, we're playing in January, and that's going to be about our third time, but that that place has a lot of has a lot of mojo, I believe. <laughs> so actually, and so does the Fillmore in San Francisco. Like a lot yeah. of, the, I like a lot of the places from like uh, that are still around from like the '60s and stuff like that for sure. I know that you guys have, uh, you know, you're from the Minnesota Duluth area. And uh, I'm sure you played Minneapolis a ton coming up. And and I know that you guys have your star outside of First Avenue, which is a legendary club in Minneapolis as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. uh, Yeah. And First Avenue, you know, we've always kind of, you know, we've kept our relationship with them. Like they still put on like the shows we do there, just different venues. But I mean, yeah, the first time we got to play First Avenue was a really big deal. And, you know, it's always a place when you return to it. Uh, It always feels special. And it's got... It's one of the best staffs you'll ever find. And yeah, man, you know, the house the Prince built. Yeah, absolutely. Purple Rain and yeah. all that. Um, yep. Speaking on those early days and you guys coming up from from such a northern place and, and pretty desolate up there. You know, what were shows like back then when you guys were first trying to make it? Was it was it those long trips to Minneapolis and and other you know nearby cities or were you playing smaller clubs, smaller shows, smaller towns? I mean, yeah, we were playing small things everywhere. Um, we were trying to get to bigger cities, but we'd hit, like, uh, you know, college towns and things. Like, um, the way we kind of accessed, like, a, the larger music scene seemed to be, like, kind of as, like, a like a side scene of, like, the jam scene, you know? There was, like, bluegrass bands, jamgrass bands, and then... So we'd kind of, like, navigate through the jam and, like, the string band scenes. Um, but you'd play a lot of, the like, the same clubs. We ended up playing, like, just because we played so fast and stuff that we'd play in a lot of, like, punk clubs and sometimes with, like, punk bands and stuff like that. Like, we have real fond memories of this place. I think it's the Replay Lounge in Lawrence, Kansas. It's, like, this, you know, just kind of tiny little divey place and just really fun. But, I mean, that's what we were doing for, like, the first... 
you know, four or five years was kind of exclusively stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a show we did in uh, Pittsburgh once where we got paid in a carton of cigarettes. And, <laughs> you know, when you've driven that far away, you know, that can be tough. But that's kind of how the the vibe was. Lots of lots of small clubs, but we did start touring right away. And, and we were controlled. And we, um, Dave, our lead singer, kind of was had the idea of not overplaying even our home or Minneapolis like too much because that can be like for a lot of bands like it's a good way to cut your teeth but it can also wear out your crowd and then you don't you know a show isn't special anymore if you do it all the time so yeah, sure. um so yeah we just started going it was kind of Minnesota and Wisconsin at first but Colorado was kind of like the mainstay we went to just because there was a heavy mountain music kind of scene out there. So they, they kind of took to us first. Yeah. And I know you guys have played Red Rock several times and Telluride and Coachella and Bonnaroo. You know, what are some of your sort of, I guess, maybe favorite outdoor places or, or festivals to play? I think if you ask any of us, like our favorite outdoor place to play is in Duluth. Um, it's this big uh, bayfront park on the water. A uh, real beautiful amphitheater holds about like 10,000 people. And we have a yearly show there. Um, we started um, like a long time ago. I think the first was like us in Atmosphere. Oh, cool. um, and then it's moved on. I think this year, hopefully, I think it's going to be us and Jenny Lewis. Um, so there's that one. Uh, Red Rocks, you know, like the first few times you play that, it's really... And it still is as you go, but nothing really compares to the first few times. It's such yeah. a, a unique setting, and the crowd's just, like, right on top of you and just goes, like, very steeply up compared to a lot of places. Um, the Gorge and and outside of Seattle is really good, like an hour outside of yeah, I Seattle. Just, yeah, one of my good buddies, uh, one of the co-hosts on our radio show that we do, he just went and seen Dave Matthews up there on Labor Day weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, I yeah. bet you that was a great show. Uh, he said he loved it. said he abs- it's beautiful up there. Yeah, because, yeah, when you're in the audience, you get that great view of the river behind it and, and all that. I think, yeah, I think if we prefer to play places, it'd be like outdoor places at night in the dark is like kind of prime, prime show material for sure. Yeah, and we talk about you being around for a long time. I mean, you got, I think you guys were, you know, playing the folk bluegrass stuff before it was cool. You know, what's it like now seeing the popularity of it with guys like Billy Strings and some of these others that are just on this, uh, you know, massive level? You know, it's funny because I think we just came in, we got to like kind of ride in on a different wave of cool for this type of music. Because when we started in 2003, like my way I knew bluegrass was through like um, some jam bands, but mainly like when the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack came out, like there was a big resurgence. And then, so that's like, we started in 2003 and, and we're building through that thing. But I think the next big boost that kind of helped propel us, like, you know, like a rising tides raise all ships type of thing, were like the Mumfords type of thing. And that kind of answered us in a different way. And, um, but, you know, it, it has been interesting to see, like, who does come in and out of that, you know, those top positions. And, yeah, it does seem like Billy Strings is in that spot right now, right? So, yeah, and it's been different because it's definitely, with Billy Strings, seemed to come back to, like, a really more rootsy thing compared to, like, when it was Mumford, the main thing in the Americana, and it was more... Um, um, you know, anthemic and things like that. And, you know, lots of, you know, choruses that 
everybody sings along with and stuff like that. So, and I think it kind of tends to go between those type of things. Um, sometimes they want the crazy, you know, really great technical players, and sometimes they want like the, you know, something we can all just, you know, get into, you know. Yeah, we cannot wait to see you. We're going to be seeing you December 9th, this Friday, at the pageant in St. Louis with some buck. And yeah. we're excited for that at the pageant, December 9th on Friday in St. Louis. That's a great venue. I'm not sure. Have you guys played there before? Yeah, we played there a few times, so we're really excited to be back. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Uh, we yeah, have- although, you know, we do miss the duck room, but, you know. <laughs> Man, that duck room. There's a lot of history down there, too. Yeah, we played the Duck Room. That's got its history. Uh, we came with one of Dave's side projects and played the old Rock House once and yeah. got all our stuff stolen out of our van. It was great. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> well, hopefully we treat you better this time around. We have been dig- I, uh, we've been digging this new album. Can you help me pronounce it, though? Is it Alpenglow? Yeah, yeah Alpenglow. You got it. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, the definition, uh, anyway, is an optical phenomenon that takes place when the sun casts a reddish glow across the mountains at dawn and dusk. Tell me about the album title. Well, um, that's, you know, that's basically what it is. And um, our bass or our uh, banjo player, Dave, Banjo Dave, lives out in Steamboat, Colorado. And he's so he's out in the mountains. He always does a lot of skiing. So it was a term like basically he was familiar with and and thought it would be a good idea. And it actually kind of went with some artwork that was already being done for the cover it's like the mountain artwork didn't come from the name funny enough and the name didn't come from the artwork Um, so it just happened to work out that way and the way i like to think of it is like a live performance or an album are just kind of like snapshots of a little moment in time and you kind of gotta see it when it happens to to really get that magic and that's kind of what elfin glow is so very cool we've been spending it nonstop. you gotta pretty famous producer on this and i think he also plays on one of the singles it's so hard to hold on which is a great song by the way thank you mr jeff tweedy from wilco yep yeah that was that was a real uh that was a real pleasure um you know a few of us are like you know wilco fans going back and well as you know really liked you know all his music and stuff like that so when this chance came about yeah it was had to do it it sounds like you, um, I heard on an interview or read on an interview where you guys typically will sort of like to record your records in like a stay at home kind of thing, I guess, where you're, you're, you're staying at the studio most of the time and it's, you know, away from, from the distractions where this, you actually went to Jeff Tweedy's studio in Chicago. All right. Yeah. And, and that was great, you know, and, and actually before we ended up recording with Jeff at the loft, we wanted to work out doing an album down at the Sonic Ranch in El Paso, which would have been much more like that escape type of thing. But I mean, this worked out just as well. We got some Airbnbs for those uh, eight or 10 days in Chicago, and it really wasn't that much different just because we were in a different town and away from all the usual people were around. So we still felt like we were isolated, but yeah, it was it was cool because I mean, studio wise, uh, these isolated places have a studio that's just like a, a studio. It's just you also live there too, so um, it really wasn't terribly different. We are joined here with Tim from Trampled by Turtles this Friday at the pageant, St. Louis, Missouri, with some buck. The barn will be there in attendance, and we can't wait to see you then. Appreciate your time today, Tim. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot, Chad. Okay, bye. There's a branch lying still by the ocean 
girl. 